Hey guys, welcome back to the JAR podcast. If you are a faithful listener, you may or may not have noticed that this episode is coming out a little bit later than usual. My new episodes usually post in the early mornings on Saturday, and it's now getting into the late afternoon. And the reason behind that, aside from personal details, is just um, I've been processing some personal grief and been also trying to be obedient to the Lord as he has laid something on my heart to talk about over this past week, and it's just been somewhat difficult to process and uh, to get through. And today's message really is probably pretty relatable if you've ever thought of the question or been asked the question by your kids of why do bad things happen to good people? How do we deal with the reality of life, hardships of life, and especially when they happen to good people and just kind of wrestling with that question. And so this might be a little bit of a tearjerker episode. I encourage you to get your tissues and grab your coffee and get ready because here we go. This isn't a game of ding dong ditch and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh lord help me, and marriage ministry leader bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. Have you ever met someone with such a solid faith and trust in God that no matter what they've faced or all the trials that they've been through, they just speak about God with such a confidence and such a peace about it all. I can probably guarantee you that it didn't start off that way for them, that they went through some kind of a faith journey that didn't start off strong, that started off perhaps with some doubt or some questions, and that they arrived at this place in their faith not by chance and not because they just decided to have more faith or did A, B, C, or D correctly, but that they went through this process and these steps of growing through their grief and shifting their mindsets from angry to at peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how do we grow in our faith journey? How do we keep going? What if it's not a linear journey? What if there's some back and forth? Is that okay? And how do we wrestle with the tough questions of why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm going to start with a a story. It's actually a spoken word by a man named Lloyd Newell. And it's the story behind, or the history behind, one of my favorite hymns, It Is Well With My Soul. And I'm quoting, I'm just going to read it directly to you. So these are his words about the history behind this hymn. It says, Life can be so unpredictable, 
Joys and sorrows, beautiful blessings and distressing difficulties can come unexpectedly. Our life streams and plans can change in an instant. We all know this to be true. So how can we find peace amid such turbulence? Horatio Spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney and a real estate investor who lost a fortune in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy. Upon arrival in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. As Horatio thought about his daughters, Words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind. He wrote them down, and they have since become a well-beloved hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Ah, I get choked up every time that I sing that song, that I read the lyrics, that I hear that story. Ugh. Don't you want a faith like that? Not that you want to go through these hard things, but God often builds our faith and hope in him by being there for us in our darkest times and in our our worst moments. But we don't just arrive there. We don't just suddenly have that mindset. It's a process, like I said. And, you know, going through something that tragic can, without a doubt, cause any person to be angry, even believers, to feel the anger of why me and why us and why them and to focus on the fact that we don't deserve that or why doesn't this happen to someone that does deserve it. And we kind of struggle with feeling angry and restless in our spirits and not at peace. So the five steps of growing through that grief and shifting our mindset away from the anger to being at peace starts with typically the what if. All the possible outcomes, any negative factor that comes into play or all of those worst case scenarios that we run through in our minds of what happens with this and what if this happens and what if that, what if that. And we just sort of we potentially can stay in this mindset of the what if, the questions, the the uncertainty of it all. Really, it's, it's fear-induced. It's dwelling on broken expectations because we thought something would be this way, but now it's this way. We thought when we walked down the aisle that everything would be perfect and happily ever after, and somehow it's not. And what if this happens to us? And what if our family splits apart or... What if we end up divorced? What if we end up separated? What if we don't get healed? What if we have to endure this or that? 
it usually comes from a place of we had these expectations for life based on something and when they break, when those expectations fail and we start dwelling on it, then those questions can feel and lead to chaos and and feeling out of control in our minds. Not that questioning it shouldn't happen or, or that it's wrong if you initially start to play scenarios out, but we have to be careful because we can end up stuck there. We can end up spiraling and really we need to ask ourselves a couple questions like, do all of these questions of what if, does that change what's happening right now? Will it have any effect on the present circumstances? Jesus tells us in in Matthew to do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or the clothes that you will wear. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or, or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then later on it says, who of you by worrying can add an hour to your life? Meaning, what's the point? What's it going to do? Of course, that's so much easier said than done. But I think it starts with catching yourself before you spiral. And asking, is this leading you to a decision based in trusting God? Or are you making a decision that is fear-based? And is Satan now getting a foothold and using those questions and and those what-if scenarios to try to undermine God's character. Like, what would happen if I did this? What happens if I take that bite of the fruit? Or what happens if things don't go as I planned? And then it starts to question God's character. Like, well, is God good? Would he keep this from you if he was a good God? And that's where the danger lies. So it's not initially that the question itself is wrong and I have another episode on on mindset where I talk about a a visual of thoughts being like birds a bird you cannot help a bird flying over your head but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair and really that's what this is about this is about capturing those thoughts and making them obedient to God and then it just has to go back to you knowing and trusting and reminding yourself of who God is. What is his character? And that's when we can go from uncertainty to being certain of something and surrendering all of that unknown and all of those questions to the one who knows the future, who is omniscient, and who cares for you. And one of the the verses that helps me to work through those thoughts whenever they do start to pop up comes from Philippians chapter 4 verses 5 through 9. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. There's no doubt about that. The peace of God will be with you. When you release your anxious thoughts, all the what-if questions, and you go to God in prayer and with thanksgiving, thanking him for his character and relying on who he is, then that peace will flood your mind and your heart and be like that protective shield. So then we move into the second 
version or the second step of growing through grief and this is the even if and this is when we start to begin to accept possible outcomes like maybe we've worked through some of the scenarios in the what if stage and we've realized well life is not going the way that i had planned not going the way that i expected and there are other outcomes for me it was well i do have divorce papers and our family is going to split apart we will be facing single parenthood and then all of the things that come after really it was beginning to accept that that could be a possibility it wasn't 100 percent set in stone yet nothing was completely signed and sealed yet but even if that happened that outcome happened my faith what did it mean did it mean that i suddenly didn't trust god did it mean that god had failed me and even if your your worst nightmare happens whatever it is that that you fear the most a loss of some sort or division of some sort even if the world is unfair which it's so unfair right now even if things are going wrong even if you've screwed up even if you're the one that caused a huge mess and even if you have these negative thoughts that just keep coming back and back Deuteronomy 30 verse 4 says even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back so even if there's just this whole mess of a thing with something you've done or something that's been done to you or something that just happened to you the Lord will gather you and bring you back he will gather you like he gathers the the lost sheep and he will lead you gently to still waters. He will restore your soul because he's the good shepherd. And those are the things that when you know that about God, you know that he will do that even when we wander off or even when something happens. You might be familiar with um, the Mercy Me song, Even If. And if you haven't listened to it, I suggest you do. There's just a section of lyric here I'm going to read to you. It says, they say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing, a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, oh, give me the strength to be able to sing it is well with my soul. I know you're able and I know you can. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. So powerful. And such a good reminder that even if something bad and tragic and against our expectations and plans happens, God is still good. So then we move to the next step in this journey of growing through this grief and we get to the even when. The even when is as you've lived more life and you're aware of the storms of life and, and how God's hand is over it all, you begin to say, even when because you know storms are going to come you know that life doesn't go the way that you planned because you've experienced or you've gone through those things before and it's built up your resiliency and it's built up your fortitude and it's built up your strength in the ability to maybe more quickly hand it to god and it's not a giving up it's not a i quit whatever it's more so 
a solid trust in his sovereign plan, a surrender and a submission to his, his authority and his wisdom because you know him. You've been leaning on him through hard times. You've been growing during the good times. You've been thankful in the high times. And when you have such a strong relationship with him, you're able to go to him more quickly. Just like when you trust a, a, an earthly father or mother, you're able to run to them when something hurts, when something um, doesn't go right, because you've built that trust. So even when it hurts, even when papers are served, even when a loved one passes, even when you're still sinning, you, you know, you're still facing current struggles, um, or there are ongoing trials that aren't over yet. And really, it makes no human sense, even while the pain is, is new or real or traumatic and you're in it in the moment. We acknowledge that even when God is still on the throne and he's in control and he is good. And, you know, the, the verse Proverbs 22, 6 that says, um, train up a child in the way he should go and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, I was thinking about that the other day because I think about that a lot as I raise two young boys and I want them to not turn from it when they get old. Well, as I was thinking about it this week, I realized kind of a new way of understanding it is that it's not even when meaning never or they'll return to it when it says even when they're old, they will not depart from it. It's not even when they're old, they'll return to it. It's really more that even when bad things happen to them over the course of their life that could potentially harden them by the time they're old and lead them astray through the fear and pain and loss, they're not going to turn from the goodness of God that I taught them about. And really it's more about even when they are old and have walked through so much, which, you know, I, I still obviously pray against certain things, but even when and even if they won't turn from knowing the goodness of God. And then even if, again, you've been the one to mess up and you've caused the pain and the trauma and, and the separation and the issues. Ephesians 2, 5 says, you've been made alive with Christ even when you were dead in your transgressions. It's been, by grace you have been saved. So even while or even when, meaning, yep, we, we all sin and yes, even when we deserve death or judgment, because of our sin. He paid the price for us, even in the midst of it. But he's on the cross dying for you while you're off sinning, not even paying any attention to his sacrifice. Even when we sin, he loved us so much to take our punishment for us. When I was going through probably the hardest time in my life uh, with our separation, you know, there were so many nights, all I could do was just listen to worship music and cry. And one of the songs was a Hillsong United song um, called Even When It Hurts. One section of lyric here says, Take this mountain weight, take these ocean tears, hold me through the trial, come like hope again. Even when the fight seems lost, I'll praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Even when it makes no sense to sing, louder than I'll sing your praise. And so, again, it's that, it's that perspective of God is on the throne and he deserves our praise and he is good and he's all we've got. And even in the midst of all of this, we will walk through 
deep waters and not be overwhelmed. So even when is a step in that growth through the grief, it doesn't mean the grief goes away. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you've reached this level of, okay, phew, made it through that grief, moving on. No, it's really more about just recognizing that when things happen, because sure, maybe you made it through something and you think it's over, but there's something else on the horizon that God knows about. And even when you go through that, he will be there. So this next one in this journey of faith growth, moving away from that angry reaction to really more of being at peace is the even now. Maybe in the grief and still in the pain, you you still feel some loneliness. Joel 2.12 says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And so the Lord is saying, even now, come back to me, even, even after what you've been through, even as you go through it, even now, in the midst of your mourning, your weeping, return to me. He wants us to run to him with all of those deep, deep feelings. There's another song by William McDowell and Tasha Cobbs, and a section of the lyrics um, for that song say, even now you are healing, even now you are healing. All things are possible right here, right now. And that's just one of those songs that on repeat during hard times for me is one that I go to that, yes, I know even if there's no earthly healing or even if there's no um, earthly restoration and even when we go through sickness and disease and all of that, all things are possible right here, right now. That if God decided to, even now, heal or restore he can and he will and it's all about his will which leads me to the last one which is even so this one is after the storm and the loss maybe it's after the end of a marriage or a family and it's after division in spite of that or it means in spite of that and nevertheless so in spite of the fact that my marriage ended, or nevertheless, I lost this loved one. Again, go back to that hymn, it is well with my soul. Even so, it is well with my soul. Even so, in spite of everything you've been through, everything that you're walking through right now, everything that you will walk through, just focus on God's character and who he is. And obviously, that knowledge of who he is but also that not just head knowledge but that heart knowledge that relationship with the lord of knowing who he is because you know him that's going to come from being in the word and knowing and learning more about him from the words in in scripture and spending time in prayer with him and not closing yourself off to him as you walk through these hard times and so again you might be in the what if right now kind of exploring all the possible outcomes, maybe kind of wrapped up in your mind of playing out all these scenarios and maybe even grappling with, what can I do to fix it? I've got to do something. I mean, I've been there just kind of, okay, I'll do anything to make it go away or to fix this problem. And we wrestle with those questions or maybe you're in the even if and you are facing something difficult and there's no end in sight, but even if A, B, C, or D happens, 
you're relying on God and who he is, whether or not he moves that mountain, and you're starting to surrender that to him. And maybe you're in the even when stage right now of you're walking through a mess right now and you've done worked through all the what ifs and the even ifs and you're in the heart of it and you're saying even when God I am releasing this to you and even though it hurts and even when it hurts and even when it makes no sense I'm gonna sing I'm going to worship and I'm going to surrender to you and then if you're in the even now you've just kind of worked through um, this storm. Maybe the end is in sight. Maybe you don't feel the, the deep immediate sting right from the beginning of the trauma, but you're still going through those waves of grief and you still find yourself crying and calling out to God and you're returning to him. I encourage you to not forget that. Don't forget to return to God with all your heart in your weeping and your mourning not allow yourself to go back to the what if or to harden up because like I said even when you're old you won't depart from the word of God and who he is stay stay in that soft surrendered place to the Lord our goal is to be in the even so that we get to the place of being able to say in spite of this or nevertheless that it is well with my soul So God, I just lift up these um, ladies listening that whatever they are going through right now, whatever their journey is, whatever their pain is, whatever their struggles are, that you remind them of your goodness, remind them of your character, your faithfulness, your loving kindness. And I just pray that they're able to open their hands to you, to release the pain, to come to you in the midst of, of their they're crying, they're weeping, they're mourning, that you remind them of truths in your word that say you turned their mourning into dancing. You restored beauty from ashes. God, I just ask that you minister to their hearts. We know that all things are possible with you, and we say to you, even now and even so, it is well with our soul. In your name we pray, amen. All right, y'all, I promise next week will be a little more upbeat. (laughs) Thanks for staying tuned. I hope you learned something from this. And I would love for you to join our group in Facebook called the Christian Wife and Marriage Community. I'll link it in the show notes. Go join us. We continue the conversations there. We have a lot of fun. See you next week. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So I'll call you in five minutes. Please tell me you know what movie that's from and I promise to be your best friend. Just kidding. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.